You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Uh, If you've got your Bibles, go with me to Philippians, and uh, we are in chapter four, uh, and so we'll do two more weeks. I'll plow through this, and then uh, next week we'll close up Philippians, and so... Uh, it'll end up being a seven-week series, and, on, and it's been a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying this. Honestly, this text, if we can live this text, I, I was actually wrestling with it this week, and I thought, if I can live this text, this will radically change my life. Like, this next text, this is, I mean, this is, this is real simple stuff, but this is real easy to talk about <laughs> and crazy hard to do, but I was just convicted. So I'm preaching to myself, everybody. Um, because this is hard to do, uh, especially in our culture. Um, But I think if we can live this, man, I know if I can live this, my life will be much different. So let's read it, then we'll pray it, and then we'll talk about it. All right, Philippians chapter four, verse six, here we go. Do not be anxious about anything. Here you go, we're done, see ya. All right, have a great weekend. No, just kidding. Woo, all right, thank you, Paul. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Then the great phrase, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, I mean supernatural, something that God does, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think, (coughs) excuse me, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the final phrase, and the God of peace, the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we ask that you would help us, Lord, to be a people that live in prayer rather than anxiety. We ask that you would help us to be a people that think on what is true and noble and right and pure, lovely and admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. God, this is is so good. We ask that it would be true of us. We pray that that you would change situations and circumstances because we embody these ideas. We love you. We honor you. And Radiant Church said, amen. 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 Uh, so have you, ever, have you ever been robbed? Have you ever had somebody steal? Oh, I've got some hands go up. I didn't even know there's a hand raising thing, but that's cool. Yeah, let's go for it. Let's do a hand. I mean, people are like, yes, I have. People got mad right there. Like, it's a joy series and people start off angry. All right. Mm, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you get robbed, there's a little bit of, little a little bit of frustration towards that thief that took your stuff, right? Yeah, there is. When I was in college, I, I, I had, I, I don't remember exactly what laptops were like in the 90s, um, but I had a laptop and uh, I was working as a youth pastor, had one job and uh, my, I, I made $200 a month. Um, that's what I lived on. And, uh, and so I had this laptop that meant a lot to me because it was about $1,000 and this guy broke into my car, shattered the window, and stole my laptop. 
And when you're a college kid that doesn't make any money, you're like, a little bit of pain, right? <laughs> like, a little bit of like, man, I mean, I was living off the 99-cent Whopper. Like, you know, like, that was my, that, that was hard days. And so there was a little bit of pain towards that situation, towards that thief. You've got one in your mind. You can think of a, a thief that robbed you, and it's painful. Here's what I want you to get when we think about anxiety. I want you to think of anxiety as a thief that robs you of peace. I want you to think of it as a, this, this, this thief that comes in. The difference is, is that you decide if you're going to live in that anxiety, but it is like a thief and that thief will rob you of peace. And if you are robbed of peace, that'll end up robbing you of your time. That'll end up robbing you of a whole lot because, because you got worry and anxiety in your heart. I was thinking about Paul here in this text. And here's Paul, you know the circumstance, we've been talking about it. Paul chained to a, a Roman guard sitting in a Roman prison cell. And if anybody's got reason to have some anxiety, he's wondering if he might die. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray. And I think when you and I think about what causes our anxiety, like when you think about your worry, it's like, what am, what am I gonna, re- retire with or or am I ever going to retire or do I believe in retirement or you know like what am I going to wear like what how am I going to look how will I pay the bills and I think those are hard things but when you picture Paul he's sitting in a prison cell with a whole lot worse circumstance the way I learned this verse when I was a kid was out of the living bible which was do not worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. And so I like that because that's kind of how I memorized it. But I imagine you and I, and it's hard to take all the anxieties and all the stuff that we've got and actually be a people that live without worry and be a people that actually take to God everything that we're feeling, thinking, potentially feeling anxiety about. And honestly, we live in a culture that's filled with anxiety. I read a lot this week and a lot of different statistics on it, but bottom line is most believe that we live in the most anxious nation in the world. I mean, there's a lot of anxiety in our country. And and all you got to do is is listen to some commercials and you'll be filled with anxiety, right? Like, my goodness, you're just watching the football game and you go to a commercial and it's like, hey, you know, you could die. Do you have the right insurance? And you're like, uh, I don't know, do I? Uh, hey, your house, it could burn to the ground. Do you have the right, in- uh, I don't know, do- it could flood. Ah, hey, are, are, do you look good? No, <laughs> like... I mean, like, do you have the right clothes? I, I don't know. Do you, do, you, do you eat right? Oh, my. You know, like, and then, and then, I don't know, somewhere in the last decade where there's so many, like, different drugs that are advertised. It's like, do you struggle with brain fatigue? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> do you wish you were smarter? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. You wish you, I mean, it's just over and over and over again. Like, is your car good enough? No, no, 
No, it's not. And all you do is just, I mean, commercial after commercial. And by the end, you're like, I need better this. I need better than that. I got problems. I got issues. My, man, you have sold me. I am filled with anxiety. And here's the trick. Then they go, mm, let me sell you something. And so I, we actually live in a culture that makes money off of your anxiety. And so if I can get you to be more anxious, then maybe you'll buy something. And so I think it's heightened. I think, I love a free market economy. I, I, I love our country. I'm not putting it down. I, but I do think that people making money off of your anxiety creates these stimulants all the time that cause you to just be, ah, and all of a sudden it is very easy to have a life filled with worry. And that worry or that anxiety become a thief that robs you from your peace, that really ultimately robs you from joy. And so my prayer for us is that we would begin to ask the question, all right, God, Paul's words, will they be more than something I know in my head, but God, will you help me to actually do them? God, will you help me to step into a place where I am not choked by worry? It's interesting, actually, when, when Jesus tells the parable and refers to worry, he's actually, the parable of soils, he's, he's actually talks about it choking. Let me just read it. Matthew 13, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So that idea that Jesus is presenting is that when you worry, it's like it strangles you. It's like it's choking you. So you may actually have some circumstances that are okay, but because you're focused on what's not okay and you're filled with anxiety, it's like you're being choked. It's that worry, that fear, that, oh no, will the mortgage work? Oh no, is the job gonna work? Oh no, will I have a disease? Oh no, will I? And all the stuff and that fear and that anxiety and that worry begins to choke you to where it robs you of a peace-filled life, ultimately a joy-filled life. And so Jesus comes along and says, it's, it's, it's like it it chokes us, and I want us to think in your own life, even get specific about what do you worry about. Like, what are the things that just get real, like no fake, like I'm just talking between you and God, what are the things that when you hear Paul, don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, or but pray about everything that you go, boy, really hard to pray about that. The first idea that we see here in this text is this simple one. It is this idea of pray. And straightforward, as we read Paul, if you will pray, you will see a difference in your peace. Insert prayer, gain peace. It's real simple. Insert prayer and you'll find less anxiety, less worry. At least that's the way that I read it. Like, it's so straightforward. I just want to read it. Like, I read this so many times this week, and I thought, I think it's that simple. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and, like, as a result, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. So it doesn't make sense to the world. It doesn't even make sense to you. I don't know why. Shouldn't you be filled with anxiety, Paul? Probably. Aren't you chained to a guard? Yes, I am. Could you be facing death? Yes, I could be. 
Have you eaten? I'm not sure. Do you have retirement? What is that? You're out of style. What is style? Your clothes. I don't even have clothes. I mean, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So just as simple, prayer is the pathway to peace. So you want more peace in your life? <laughs> Become a prayer person. Nah, I'm not a prayer person. That's my mom. Ha. No. How many 20-somethings have they told me that? I don't know. That's kind of my mom. You know, she's like an intercessor type. That's because she's smarter than you. Like you should become the intercessor. You want to know why? Because it's highly probable that when your mom was in her 20s, she had anxiety because she had you. And all of a sudden, she was like, ah! And through prayer and petition, oh God, she took the energy that she was using to worry and went to prayer. And this, the person that is filled with worry and anxiety and uses that feeling to go toward prayer becomes the person of peace. <laughs> so maybe if you're hearing this, you're like, this doesn't apply to me because I am forever a worrier. I, I mean, it's just the way that I was bent. It's just the way that I am, okay? You might be the prime candidate to be a phenomenal prayer warrior, right? <laughs> Because you're the person that all this could be happening. Ah! Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And you start to be known by God because you're on your face. And so my hope is that maybe even some of the 20-somethings, even some of the dudes, I know dudes. Dudes are like, nah, prayers for the ladies. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Ooh, I can feel, feel the resistance right there. Bam. Mm. Men get mad when you start calling them a prayer. It's just true. Listen, I was a prayer pastor for 15 years, and I'm telling you, dudes, they're like, man, I will do anything except pray. That's just not my thing. I want to invite you to this. You start to feel that worry. Here's your temptation. Well, mm, I'm an American man. I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps. I'm going to figure this out. I'm smart. I can make a plan. Pow. Okay. Is what I invite you to do before that, above having confidence in your own power, above having confidence in your own strength, you have confidence in his strength and his power. So prayer is not your last resort. Prayer is your first. Oh God, I need you. And that, and I don't think it's always pretty. Like, I don't think it's always pretty prayer, you know? Like, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. So it's like, okay, I've got this mortgage that's about to balloon. And so I need to get on my face and do like a pretty, oh God, bless you, bless the mortgage. No, no, I think it's like this. Oh God, help, God. But I'm looking to you rather than trying to take control. I'm trying to say, God, God, invade, help me, give me ideas. God, be at work. And we run to God first. And what I love about this text is that it's is the simplicity of it. It's just so simple. And I love simple things. Simple things help, right? Like, like for me, I don't know if you guys saw this, but when those books came out at Barnes and Noble that said, eat this, not that. Did you ever see those books? Eat this, not that. Like your, your whole life, you're like, well, I would eat healthy. I just can't figure it out. You know, I don't know which diet to do. 
And then these books come out and it just lists at this restaurant, eat this, not that. At the grocery store, eat this, not that. And all of a sudden it was just so simple. It's like it lists Outback, eat onions, not the blooming onion, right? Like drink water, not milkshakes. Ah, at Sonic. You're like, but it shakes after eight. I'll get the strawberry one. No. Nope. <laughs> you laugh because you've done it. Oh, if I get the strawberry milkshake, it's good for me. <laughs> or at least you're laughing at me because I've done that. It's just that simple. Eat this banana, not the corn dog. Ah. Oh. Ah, okay. Here's what Paul's doing. It's just that simple. <laughs> Pray. Don't worry. Just, it's just when you start to feel that anxiety, when the temptation is to pull that situation into your own hands and to cry, he's saying, pray. Go to God. When I was saying that about not being pretty, what I'm saying is, is that I think sometimes we think it's got to be in my quiet time at the prayer meeting with a book on prayer writing in my journal, and I'm for all those things. But I think for me, it is not, it is, oh God, I, th this is happening, this is happening. I'm gonna run to you first. Oh God, be at work, God. And then he brings in these ideas where he just kind of adds more to it, where he, he encourages us to pray with petition, pray with thanksgiving, and he said, in every situation. I think, I love that idea of thanksgiving. That idea of, I'm gonna bring thanks. So it's, it's not just supplication. It's not just petition. In addition, it's coming back and thanking. God, thank you. God, you're at work. Why? Because what he wants is relationship. And so it is, God, I request. And then it's, God, I thank. And when we read the scriptures, this is, this is so common, this this inserting thanksgiving into your prayer life. Paul, Paul makes it clear. Jesus makes it clear. You know, that, you know that story in Luke 17 about the 10 lepers and one comes back to thank him? And there's that phrase, it's kind of gripping where Jesus says, where's the other nine? That phrase is like a dart. Can you imagine standing before God one day and like you're like one of the nine? Like you got the gift, but you didn't thank. Oh, I think there's something so beautiful when we come before God and out of a genuine gratitude for God's activity in our lives, we come before him and we thank him. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. That's why one of the things we do at the prayer meeting every Wednesday night, almost every Wednesday night, is I'll take a moment, I mean, I miss it sometimes, but most of the time I say, let's just take a moment and just thank God. Just thank God for his activity. Thank him for what he's doing. Why? Because of this verse. Because it's this idea, it's in the Psalms, enter into his courts with thanksgiving in your heart. All right, I'm coming before God, I'm coming, and I wanna thank him. All right, so God, I'm coming before you, and I'm not going to worry, I'm not gonna have anxiety. Instead, I'm gonna pivot and I'm gonna pray. I feel the temptation to have anxiety, Instead, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna take this to you, God. And I'm gonna thank you for your activity. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring my petitions. And God, and God, here is my request. Here's what I'm believing for. Here's what I'm, every situation. 
And then this is the idea. It's this phrase Paul adds, in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. I mean, you want peace? I'm telling you. That's why I was wrestling with this verse. Like, honestly, I'm tempted to live with so much worry and anxiety. Can I be real for a moment and tell you that I had anxiety about my sermon on anxiety? Ah. Yeah, that's when you know you really got to confess to God. Oh, God, help. How do I put into practice this about talking about it, right? Because it's in our lives. Because we live in a culture that feeds off it. Because you live in a culture where the finances are real, the temptation to live in performance is real, the pressure. And so worry and anxiety, it floods our culture. Peter says, cast all your cares. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares. Cast all your anxiety because he cares. I just want to insert that because when you're looking to pray in order for anxiety to be pulled out, I love the motive that Peter adds where he says he cares. One of my favorite motivations in prayer is he cares. Like it's not a system. Prayer, supplication, petition, thanksgiving, pazow, peace. Oh, it's a relationship. It's a relationship and he cares. And so you parents, you know what it is. At least <laughs> I think when you have a kid who does not thank and only asks, Right? From the back seat, it's like, works for a while. And then you're like, can I get a thank you? You want more? Mm. Well, prove to me we got a relationship and that you see me. Give me a thank you. Oh, I got a thank you? What else you want, right? It's just real because we want relationship we, and we don't want a crazy kid, right? And it's, here's the reality. You have a father. He's like, hey, I, 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 I want there to be a real relationship. I, I want there to be recognition. And I want to give good gifts. So don't forget to thank. Don't be one of the nine. Be the one. Go back. Bring Thanksgiving. Just thinking about this, George Mueller was a guy who, in the 19th century, had started 117 orphan homes. He was this famous missionary. And, and in all of his writings, one of the things he talks about is this idea of anxiety. And I want to read it to you. Because I'm picturing that he probably has a fairly anxious life. Think about living in the 19th century and providing and taking care of thousands of orphans. Like that's a stressful job. And he said this, speaking of worry, we are to roll the burden, the whole burden upon God and he will carry the burden for us. And I loved that imagery of I'm gonna roll the burden. This burden's currently on me. God, this, fill in the blank, this kid, this bill, these friends, no friends, no clothes, old clothes, clothes that don't, all your anxiety, car, new car that doesn't work right, old car that won't start, all the anxiety, the business, all of it. And I'm gonna just roll it. I just pictured just, Peter says, cast it. This old missionary says, roll it. The idea is get rid of it. Put it on God. It's not mine to carry. I'm going to just give it to you. All right, then he says the second thing. Let's just go out to verse 
8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, here's the next piece. Think. Think about such things. Okay, first is pray. All right? Second is think right. All right? We have about 50,000 thoughts a day. <laughs> Thus, you want to get those thoughts going in the right direction. You get those thoughts going in the wrong direction, and all of a sudden, you'll follow, right? Your behavior will follow your thoughts. But you get those thoughts going in the right direction, and you think upon things that are characteristics of God, right? True, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. And I just want you to think about your thinking. Think about, all right, which direction, which direction is it going? And so if you start to have that kind of mental discipline where you take your thoughts and you fix them on what's good, what's right, it'll affect your anxiety. It'll affect future peace. But if your thoughts, if what fills up your 50,000 thoughts is negativity, anxiety, it's not working out, I'm not this, that, they're not this, they're not that, then you can bet that's the direction that you're gonna go. And so, and I think we live in a culture that's filled that because they're making so many dollars off of you when everything's not right, when you are content, they're broke. <laughs> when you're discontent and you're spending, they're making money, therefore, there is this push, everything's not okay, everything's not okay, everything's not okay. And so pretty soon you're like, everything's not okay. And here's the reality. But with God, it is, there is this, hey, you want peace? Pray. You want peace? Think rightly. And you actually can be the person that decides, am I gonna think rightly? Am I gonna think about what's pure, right, noble, true? Or am I gonna think about all that's wrong? My dad used to do this to me when I was a kid. He would, I would be like filled with frustration about something that wasn't right. My dad would get down on one knee, do this. Look at me. I know you guys are like, he always gives these stories of what his dad says on one knee. It's because I spent like 15 years at this height right here. Like it was like, this was half my life was right here. My dad would say, I'd say, dad, I just, I didn't get what someone else got. We lost the game. I'd be all upset. My dad, the same thing. David, do your eyes work? Yes. Do your legs work? I don't know, kind of, but barely. <laughs> David, uh, does your nose work? Oh, God. David, <laughs> did you eat today? Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's what he's doing. He's changing my thinking. All right, all right. Let's, let's, let's think about the things that are true Noble, noble, excellent, praiseworthy. And sometimes when you're in the midst of your anxiety, let the Holy Spirit just get eyeball to eyeball with you. Put your name in there. Hey, what's good? What's noble? What's pure? What's right? What's excellent? What's praiseworthy? If anything, anything, anything. Okay, all right. So first thing. I pray. Most of us, it's just inserting that prayer. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna think right. I was reading this book by Tommy Newberry this week called The 4-8 Principle. And in his book, he says this great phrase. 
Most people have a to-do list. Think of Philippians 4.8 as your to-think list, right? This is how I ought to think. Does it fit in one of those categories? I mean, the idea that Paul is saying here is, hey, this, is, this, this helps you have the mind of Christ. Think like he thinks. And then this last phrase, and whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. So we pray, think, and then practice. Or you could say do. Pray it. Ah, get God's perspective. Think. All right, I'm in a mental discipline. I'm going to think right. I don't feel it. I feel like comparing myself to that person. I feel like noticing that I'm not getting what I want. I feel like noticing the da 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 But I'm going to think on what's good. And then I'm going to do. And Paul references himself. Church in Philippi, you've seen me. Whatever you've seen, whatever you've learned from me, whatever you received from me, whatever you've heard from me, whatever you've seen in me, this is why I love small groups so much. Because when I'm around other people and I can see it, when I can see them, it changes me, right? Like when I, Paul's saying, if you've seen it in me, put it into practice. I Will Riddle's on the front row. I've been in small groups with Will Riddle. Will helps me put into practice dialoguing with the Holy Spirit. He just helps me. He's, he's, he's so committed to it and he so lives it out that when I'm in a small group with Will, it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, okay, this is, this is not just a rhythmic life. This is a dialogue with God. Okay, boom, helps me out, right? You've got people, when you're sitting in that small group and you're, you're encouraging one another, you're helping one another and you're receiving, you're seeing by yourself. A little bit hard to see or receive. But when you're with others, Paul's referencing when he was in Philippi, you've seen it in me. And so when we see other people do, other people practice, then we gain strength to practice. Okay, yep, all right, prayed it, changed my thinking, saw some people that have lived it. I'm tempted to live, let's say, I'm tempted to live with worry about the future. But man, I saw... Whew. Will Riddle. I've seen him pray, but I can pray about it. I've seen Nathan think right thoughts. I say, Dan Perkins is crazy. And Nathan says, Dan Perkins is handsome. That's weird. Cool. You know, <laughs> sorry. Two awkward moments with Nathan today. Change of thinking. It's a team sport, this preaching thing. They pray for me. Oh God, please let them not say something crazy today. Pray it, think it, and then practice it. And it's this context is relationship. That's what, that's, that's what I love. Honestly, in my journey, this part is so huge. Seeing it in people, just seeing it. That's why I'm all, you, you're like, I'm always talking about mentors and leaders. Often, 90% of the time it's my dad, right? Because when I see it, when I see it, it helps me. Some of you, you go, I got the prayer thing and think thing. But it's like when you get people around you that are doing it, it's just like throwing gas on the fire. Oh, oh, I get it. Okay, I get it. We had, we had this week. I was at a, um, about six weeks ago, I was, uh, ended up speaking at this pastor's conference in San Francisco. And I just started beating this drum about prayer, you know, like, we gotta pray. Churches can't be built on programs. They gotta be built on prayer. We gotta cry out to God. And people are like, ask me questions. They're like, I was like, yeah, we rent 
a community center for a prayer meeting. They're like, that's so weird. I'm like, yeah, it's weird, right? And I'm, I'm talking about prayer. And these two guys come up to me afterwards and they just start grilling me with questions. And then they call me and they're like, hey, we wanna fly out to come to your prayer meeting. One's a pastor in San Francisco, one's a pastor in Sacramento. <laughs> I was like, what? They're like, no, we're gonna fly out and check out your prayer meeting. I was like, no, no, that's expensive. Don't worry about it. I can just tell you over the phone more about it. And they're like, no, 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 no. We wanna come see it. And I was like, yeah, but we're, a, and you know, I started thinking all the stuff. We're a church plant with a little sound system. I don't know, you know, like, ah! you know, like, was my mouth bigger than my meeting, you know, kind of thing. And all that fear and anxiety started to kick in, you know, I was like, oh God. This week they showed up, they flew in, and here was the reason. I wanna see it. We wanna insert these prayer meetings. One's in San Francisco, one's in Sacramento. We wanna insert these into our church. We wanna, we wanna do this midweek prayer meeting thing, but I gotta see it. Here's the reality. Get, I want you to think about how can I get some more of this in me? Because then Paul says, and it's this great phrase, and the God of peace will be with you. It's my favorite. You, yeah, everybody wants peace. Everybody, I mean, even people that aren't Christians, throwing it out there, give me some peace, I want peace. Here's the deal, you're a Christian, you know peace that comes from God. And you can live with, I've got peace. I mean, Paul, in a prison cell, with peace and the threat of death any moment, with peace and rough living conditions, with peace. I know you've got hard circumstance, I know you got challenges, but you're not in a Roman prison cell chained to a guard trying to survive. And if he can live with peace, there are these little nuggets of truth that if we'll live them, I think we too can find peace. Amen? Let's stand, let me pray for you. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the God of peace. And God, we are a buffet of anxieties. We just confess it. Just between you and God, just take a moment where you just, to the Lord, just, God, this is what I got anxiety about. Just confess one to God. God, I got, I tend to worry about this. Now what you're doing is you're just praying. That's all you're doing. Prayer and supplication. I'm bringing it to God. Now will you just thank him? Thank you, God, that you will be at work in my life. I trust you, God. I trust you. God, I give you my thoughts. This battlefield of the mind, I give you my thoughts. I pray, help me say out of my mouth good things because I've been thinking rightly. Whatever is pure, right, true, noble, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Those are the categories 
that I want to fill up my 50,000 thoughts a day. God, I pray that you help me get around the right people. Some brothers, some sisters, some relationships that help me in the journey. I can see it in them. We put it into practice, God. I give you my life, oh God, my worries, in Jesus' name. If you're here this morning, there's some of you that, truth is, you're, you're starting to feel some hope. Like, Maybe this Jesus thing, maybe this isn't just for mom and dad. Maybe Jesus really is real. Maybe Jesus really is true. Maybe you're here today and years ago you were a follower. And for some reason, some July day, you ended up in a school in Overland Park and you just wanna get right with God today. Like you just, Maybe years ago, you were a follower of Jesus and you've just, you've just not been following. You've just been living for you and you just wanna come before God again and say, God, you're everything to me. I'll follow. Today, I wanna give you the opportunity to just come home. My favorite parable is the prodigal son. It's my favorite. For me, I always picture this father sees his boy and he never stopped loving. It never, the boy's behavior never caused the father to cease 100% love. And the enemy will come along and say, nah, you're too messed up. You've gone too far, done too much. Too, it's been too long. But you still have this father that wants to embrace you, run to you, hug you. And the good news of the gospel is this. It is that that father so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for you. He loved you. Take your place, that you could have eternal life with him. Is something that God chose to do out of love for you. Here's what you do. You turn, not my way, but yours, God. Save me, heal me, change me. This morning, I wanna give you an opportunity to run back to the Father's house, to just come back, come to your senses and go, it's, it's, about, it's about God. And if that's you today, I just wanna invite you just to repeat this prayer after me. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I give you my life. Change me, heal me, save me. Not my will, but yours be done in me. I want a new start. I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I believe it's the best choice you'll ever make. And we're so committed to you. And we love you. Can we give a hand to everybody that just prayed that prayer? We don't know. Yeah.
I love it. I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you something. I love church. I just do. I know, I, know, I know people are supposed to make jokes like it's hard and stuff, but when Josh says I was glad, I was real glad. Like, I love seeing you. I love what God is doing. I'm so happy. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sad when they said unto me. I'm not mad when they said unto me. I'm glad. And I'm so grateful for what God is doing among you. I get to, I'm the benefactor of hearing stories all week long of lives changed. And I'll try to tell more, but it's amazing what God is doing. It's amazing the people who are far from God that are giving their lives to Jesus. It's amazing the people who are distant and just, just God's revitalizing and reviving and putting new things in. Like it's incredible. And it's an honor to be on this journey with you. And I'm so thankful for each one of you and so proud of you for many of you who've stepped on and joined a team. And some of you, you've jumped in and joined small groups. I mean, people that have been like, I've never been in a small group in my whole life. I thought I would hate it. But now I have people that are calling me to righteousness and I've never been more joyful. And I'm just so proud of you for that. You, you stretched yourself. And I'm just so proud of you guys. And I just love, 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 love what God is doing. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radian Church, please click Give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radian Church? Check out radianintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.